Welcome to View Little Week Unknown. That's good. It's week 17. Yeah. You set that joke up for me like two weeks ago. I did, yeah. So. It, that took me a second to figure out what it is. I'm Finn. I'm Frank. Nobody told me there'd be a dragon. So we watched Doolittle, and today we watched it in French. Last week we watched it in Spanish. This week we watched it in French. Next week we will watch it in something else, hopefully. Yeah, we're going to try to find the japanese version yeah that, that one seems exciting it has a uh highly acclaimed cast and i just read a, each person did a snippet about their roles even down to like Minnie and don carpenter <laughs> so we're gonna maybe we'll we'll bring that article with us too yeah next time anyway for this time we're talking french um what are your initial thoughts of the french version oh, i expected it to be more like the spanish version but the sound mixing was better than both the english and the spanish by it far was. it was by far the best that we've listened to <laughs> by a wide berth like this is not an exaggeration uh unlike the spanish version they didn't reuse any of the english like voice acting like for animal sounds they just whenever stubbins did an animal noise he just it was the voice actor doing it and everyone did a better job. Leona the octopus was actually speaking in French. It wasn't just it the was same different. audio. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, I feel like every character was better. Yeah. <laughs> like characters that were not as good was Yoshi. Right. If you're comparing, you're comparing English to French right, right now. Yeah. Um, James was way better. James the dragonfly. James was funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the ants were, I guess the ants were comparable. Yeah. James was uh, funny, The rabbit though. was better. James was actually funny. The rabbit was better. It's kind of wild how much delivery matters and not mm -hmm. just voice lines. The approach to James, what made the French version so much better, his English performance is almost like parody. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm a dragonfly. <laughs> but the French, it actually, the tone of the delivery made it. And also he did more noises. And <laughs> yeah. And like, in particular, what I'm thinking about is the moment when he lands on the dragon. I mean, the dragon. He lands on the, he lands on the lion's whiskers and starts sliding. In the English version, it's like, Ooh, would Dylan get this close? Ooh, would he get this close? How about this close? And it's Whoa. like, why are you narrating that to yourself? And why yeah. are you being so annoying? But in the French version, it's like, he's sad. Yeah. The way that he's complaining is more natural. Even his, like, reactions to going over to the, like, sliding down. It's like, mm -hmm. oh. Yeah. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. So if you're out there and uh, you want a version of Doolittle to watch, I think we're both recommending the French version. I think my theory is that like French animation's a big thing. And I think they had like a company production studio just in-house do everything. And they were all like professionals in a way that... They even, they even added voice filters and effects when the... Um, the cone to deliver anesthesia was yeah. put over people's mouths when dab dab was talking from inside the carriage yeah and it, the voice was muffled like they put effects and filters on the delivery of all of these lines that actually made them feel like they're in the space that they're in 
Yeah, and also, like, part of the fun of Doolittle, the English version, is a lot of the voice acting sounds really cheap. Like, mm-hmm. it sounds like actors impersonating themselves. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is weird in that it sounds very professional. <laughs> <laughs> like you would expect from a big-budget movie. From the three audio versions that we've listened to now, should we wait to do this until we've listened to more dubs? Well, I was thinking of doing like an all-star oh. cast where we pull in the. I our think favorites. we should we should wait, wait to on see because if we can watch the Japanese one, I'm excited for that one. Okay, we'll wait then. We'll we'll put that one on the back burner. Stay tuned. What other good good languages ones are there? Um, I don't know. The only reason that I was aware of the Japanese one is because the uh, voice cast is like super acclaimed voice cast like so, they're all like well-known so it's like voice com- actors so it's comparable to like what the english one is mm-hmm. and, where it's a bunch of big names big names yeah yeah well hopefully they can elevate the content this time <laughs> we'll find out so one of the things we often do while we watch the movie is yes we make a lot of lord of the rings jokes we make a lot of lord of the rings jokes <laughs> because there's a lot of parallels maybe i don't know if there are or not but there seems to be a lot of parallels for us i wanted to sort of like take that and like put the doolittle characters in those roles i was thinking that the queen is mount doom <laughs> queen is mount doom there are some like the, the ordering of things doesn't necessarily line up i'm perfectly. just saying does the hobbit the hobbit drops the, the the ring, the ring into Mount into Doom, Mount and Doom. it saves saves everything. The Hobbit does, but it's more like okay. See, what I was thinking today was the Queen is Frodo. The Queen is Frodo, which doesn't work really well, except for the very last scene where Frodo is lying on the bed. Okay, here's the thing: the Queen and Stubbins combined are Frodo because and well and Doctor Doolittle. <laughs> it's like all of them are morphed into one. I don't think Doctor Doolittle is because Frodo. He's, he's carrying the ring around the whole time. Doctor Doolittle is clearly uh, Aragorn, right? I guess. Well, part of the reason, like Stubbins, has to be Frodo because at the beginning of the movie, it's he's the a most Hobbit peculiar boy. creature. Oh, he's actually more Bilbo though. He is because he stumbles upon. Um, Doctor Doolittle is the ring. Doctor Doolittle is the ring. <laughs> You know, this is as good as well as I thought. It no, no, it's uh, really descending at the nonsense pretty quickly. <laughs> Moothfly is uh, Saruman. And, oh, that's what it was. Dr. Duel's Gandalf. Moothfly <laughs> is Saruman. Think about it. Former colleagues work together. One turns evil for power. But, yeah, okay. All right. But uh, is Saruman jealous of Gandalf? Yeah. Is he? <laughs> He's obsessed with him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, another point. All the whales are ants, obviously. Yep, that one works. Do the whales... That one's a lot easier. The whales then lead to the sacking of Saruman. <laughs> the sacking of Moothfly. Okay, Without okay. the whales, they wouldn't be able to... Yeah. Uh... Doolittle uh, breaks his spirit by saving him. And then he later gets falls into a hole by somewhere else which is very saruman-esque mm-hmm. <laughs> where he dies kind of off off camera the bats are worm tongue 
<laughs> okay, but that that initial part made sense, right? Yeah. And then Gandalf gets the party together, more or less. The fellowship. So we need to figure out who our hobbits are. Is it... See, I wonder... It's almost like the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings smushed into one. Yeah. Is Doolittle. Also, you, we skip like the first part of the fellowship. Like, we we're already at Rivendell, <laughs> which is part of the issue. Okay, well, Yoshi and Plimpton are Legolas and Gimli. Okay. Who's who? Um, Yoshi is Gimli. You know, I was thinking that Yoshi is more of Aragorn. Mm-hmm. But it's clearly it's Chi Chi because uh, the heavy hitters are Chi Chi uh, Yoshi and Plimpton, right? Chi Chi is Aragorn. Dab Dab is Sam Samwise Gamgee, obsessed with food. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mimi is Samwise Gamgee. Yeah, because she yes, takes yes, the ring. Yes, yes, she takes the yes, ring. That's and, correct. And carries it part of the way for Frodo, and she says so. <laughs> I can't carry, yeah. So BB, I BB can't is, carry you. But I can carry the ring. The BB, famous line, right? And BB carries the ring. Okay, that one fits better. Okay, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. This was harder than I thought. It was a good idea, and I had a lot of thoughts about it. But then, see, it it sort of works when you're watching it and just saying like random moments are like oh that's like oh look the mountains here are like him ladris oh yeah. look elrond is king rizuli and he's mad that his daughter is marrying no, uh aragon king rizuli is uh elrond danathan right denethor yeah denethor no no i don't think so who's denethor is denethor like denethor's lord uh, badgley? badgley or moodfly even Gareth is Faramir. Yeah, of course. Easy. Um, okay, we can stop this. Yeah. <laughs> I tried. Um, Maybe it's more like the Hobbit. There's a dragon. There's a dragon. They go to a mountain. Ginkgo who soars is Smog. Yeah, easy. How much better would the Hobbit be if Smog was constipated? <laughs> Smog has eaten the Arkenstone and it's stuck and it's cold. It's almost small enough to crawl in there. (laughs) Remove the blockage. Um, Yeah. Speaking of uh, comparing similar movies, we're about to talk about Fast and Furious again for 15 minutes. (laughs) Well, here's something that I've been thinking about Doolittle's genre is like this weird action adventure movie for a summer popcorn flick that has a bunch of big names in it mm-hmm. right that's like its, its own genre that it's, sort it's, of exists you're like a uh, jungle cruise right except kid kid focused jungle cruise is sort of kid focused okay too, i've I never like. seen it <laughs> but yeah Yes. Yes. Or like your Jumanji. Or, it's definitely like your popcorn movie. Yeah. Your kid-focused popcorn movie. It's something you would take your like nine-year-olds to, but not your 13-year-olds. It's not like Avenger yet. Okay. If you could switch genres to anything and make a different movie. And make a different movie. <laughs> make make yeah, a Dr. Doolittle. Make a Doolittle movie, but you're changing the genre. For example, the one that I've always am thinking of 
a Mad Max post-apocalyptic Doolittle movie. Okay. Where there are no animals. Right. They're Only just... the ones that Doolittle has accumulated. No, they're all people. And he, they they just have animal-like personas. That's interesting. I sort of like that. He rides Plimpton, who's a man on the <laughs> He rides on his shoulders, and Plimpton's just a man who acts like an ostrich. It's kind of a cool idea. He's really fast. Very, like, Road Warrior. Gimp-like. See, the giraffe car? The reason that I'm thinking of this. <laughs> the, the giraffe, giraffe car. car reminds me of Mad Max. That's really funny. So, I sort of wanted... And also, the costume designer for Mad Max Fury Road is the same costume designer. So I think it would be great to have a post-apocalyptic Mad Max do a little movie. That would be fun. Mm, I was thinking like noir would be good. A Doolittle noir. Yeah. You give Doolittle a, a voiceover throughout the whole movie. Which wouldn't be a difficult change to make because he's pretty yeah, you much just got get, that you get rid of Paul or or even better, you give Polly the voiceover. Yep. And she's the detective. <laughs> Uh, you know, Polly's clearly the, um, what's it called? Femme fatale. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. Lily's the femme fatale. Uh, she, she's a, she's fatal. She's King dead. Rizzoli's, King Rizzoli's daughter. <laughs> yeah. She's dead though. It's all flashbacks. The whole movie. Oh yeah. Right. 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 Uh, no, I, my first thought was like cyberpunk. <laughs> that would be, be pretty, pretty cool. Pretty funny. Are you thinking like animals that are robots? Or yeah. are you thinking animals with implants? That one. Animals yeah. with implants. That would be cool. We have to take this cybernetic voyage. Everyone plug in. Everything in the world is digital and um, there's no like plant life anywhere. So they have to go find the one flowering plant in the world. In order to save the digital queen, we need the source code. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Like she that. has caught a virus. <laughs> <laughs> the digitalized tea has been contaminated in the neural man. Oh my. Yeah. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Hacker terrorists. Hacker terrorists. <laughs> oh, that would be insane. Let's spin this into what we talked about last time before extremes before extreme i feel like that's something what okay so it was uh space deep the, the deep deep ocean time travel back in time no that's time travel <laughs> um space deep ocean deep ocean what was the third oh um in miniature like oh yeah super sub small sub 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 microscopic the super yeah super shrunk i, I feel like you're Space, like deep ocean microscopic time travel the whole like digital like mainframe part is is definitely another one yeah you might be right like super future yeah yeah like yeah like matrix yeah hyper digital or, yeah or like the hacking like there's been a lot of like cyberpunk stuff that deal with that so that's like a fifth category that we've yeah. just included but you'll deal with that if you time travel, so really. <laughs> yeah, sort of. But it's also like you could do no time travel involved yeah. and just set it in the super-deuced in future. Yeah. Just watch the movie Strange Days, I think, or Strange Times. That's like a big part of it. I'm not familiar with it. We'll have to talk about it later. It's pretty great. But yeah, that's definitely one of them. But that would be fun. He wakes up and and he's a battery. Doolittle is. Doolittle's a battery? Yeah. 
He's the one. I'm making a Matrix joke. I'm stretching oh. things. Anyway, uh, the other thing I brought today is I wanted to talk about rewriting the rabbit scene. Okay. So my whole thing is that it's weird that the rabbit has this connection to Barry and there's really nothing there. And like, why is he rooting for him? Why is he betting on him? What is he betting? So my theory is this. They're either like family now, like like the they're brothers in crime. Because they've both been locked in this dungeon for <laughs> yeah, so long. Or, or like they've always been cahoots and they both have a, a vendetta against Doolittle because of this. Because Doolittle uh So so the rabbit doesn't like Doolittle because he turned his back on Barry. Yes. It's like a you don't turn your back on family. Sort yes, of yes, that's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, originally I was thinking lovers, but I think that might be a little... <laughs> well, it's a little ham-fisted because we've already got Yoshi and Plifton. Yeah. So trying to make every animal couple into lovers is just a little too much. Yeah, that's what I figured. But yeah, and he that that's his motivation. But in it's interesting scene. thinking that, you know, this, this rabbit down here in this dungeon has witnessed Barry execute hundreds and hundreds of prisoners. Yeah. So they've sort of formed this bond because he's always cheering for Barry to commit executions. <laughs> also, he's not, he, it, it doesn't end with him uh, like saying like, oh, I, I'm, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm not going to pay it anyway. It ends with him vowing revenge. <laughs> like, that's the other thing is like, Chi Chi subdues him and, you know, the rabbit's upset. Because you'll pay for this. Yeah. Is uh, Barry dead in this one? Or is I, it just that he's been humiliated? I, he's just been humiliated. Okay. It's still a kid's movie. Right, 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 right. So the rabbit swears. Yeah, and in the sequel, he disembowels Chi-Chi. <laughs> Doolittle, you won't get away with this. Is he angry at Doolittle or is he angry at Chi-Chi? He's angry at Doolittle. At Doolittle, okay. Cheap shot, ape! <laughs> the rabbit screams that. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Dr. Doolittle, you've come back here. Does does the rabbit feel that Doolittle has been fighting unfairly since yeah, he's using since he's using a proxy champion to do yeah. battle for him? Yeah. Cuz he he knows that Barry would win. And and then it also makes more sense like when uh they start like he starts doing the therapy thing again. He's like nervous about it because he's like, "Oh no, not this again." Because, you know, last time he left Barry broken and insane. So he's worried that Doolittle is going to run off again mm -hmm. and not actually resume treatment. That's right. That he's playing Barry. Yeah, because presumably that Barry has been killing people for a while, even when Doolittle was overseeing him, right? Right. Because like, he wasn't just a tiger and then he got mental issues. and then No, he's, he's been an executioner this entire time. Yeah, and, so the weight of all of these executions is probably weighing heavily on Barry's and, mind. And Doolittle was originally there helping him out, but right. really he was after Lily Doolittle. Right. He was using... He was pretending to help the tiger when in reality he was using it to get close to the king's daughter. Yeah, so he could run off of her because he doesn't care about animals. They're they're like objects to him. Which is why he's not very sad when all the mice and rodents get blown up on the boat. Th that's correct. Because yeah. <laughs> I always have to reiterate this. Doodle's like super selfish. And if you start to view the movie in that way, it's very obvious that he just doesn't really <laughs> care about them. 
they're, they're like his his arsenal, his tools. He's like the mastermind, and they think they're a family, but really he would abandon them at any <laughs> any point to further his own. Um, the only person who he doesn't is Polly, right? Right, because she's the most intelligent, or because she's actually the one, right, running things. Well, yeah, she is his second command, yeah, or vice versa. She needs him to keep everyone else in line. Yeah, well, I mean, she, she needs her to keep everyone else in line. And she needs him to talk to humans. Right. Because humans aren't going to listen to a bird about anything. But if they have this doctor who seemingly has a large estate, which is why she's looking at Doolittle and going, this guy's getting older and older. I need to bring in Stubbins so that there's someone younger. We need to keep the, the lineage going here. Where this giant estate that all the animals live yeah, and on. Parrots, parrots live for a long time. Do it I got 40 more years. You need an apprentice. I can see that being true. I like that idea that she... And then the next movie, she kills Doolittle. Another thing to think about, whenever whenever Kevin reaches up for the fruit, do we see Polly in that scene? I, I'm not certain. I'm not sure we do. It's possible Polly is harvesting the fruit for herself so she can live forever. live forever yes yep we can't rule that out that's what i'm saying that you know that is funny that the one animal that could just fly and grab it right is not on the animal tower is not present in that scene she's not in the tower is she, <laughs> she i don't think she's in that scene at all kevin is standing on top of dab dab the duck she like says to john like when it first opens lily like, would have loved this and then flies off and is out of I think she's out of it. I don't remember. Seeing I don't remember her. seeing her again. So wait, what I'm is... pretty sure she's harvesting the fruit for herself so she can That's live so forever. Funny. So she's just chopping on the eating. <laughs> they're... <laughs> they're collecting one to go save the queen, and then she, the mastermind, is eating as much as she can. You know, that's just so silly for the idea that they have to form this animal tower to harvest <laughs> one fruit while, while they have a bird who could clearly just <laughs> grab one. Yeah. Why didn't we ever think about that? That's why they can't have Polly in that scene. <laughs> because it would be like, why are, you do, why are you forming this tower? So they just pretend she's not there. That's so funny. And what she's actually doing is... Eating the fruit so she can live forever. Which makes sense in the sequel, which is uh, Doolittle 2049. <laughs> right, Doolittle 2049. Yeah. Where it's Stubbins is great, great. Yeah. Great. Stabbins at this point. Stabbins. Stabbins. <laughs> this one's rated R. Um. Yeah. What were we talking about? Uh, we are talking about the rabbit and Barry and... Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't remember how we got there. Now I remember. So where else could we take Doolittle? Here's what I was thinking. It's pretty easy to go into the deep. Okay. Right? Yeah. So in the sequel, what you have is Doolittle sailing around again in the vessel. A giant whale comes and swallows his boat. <laughs> a giant whale. giant whale. Like massive whale. Like huge. Yeah. Beyond large. And it swallows his boat. Takes him to Atlantis. Oh, okay. The, the Forbidden City hidden beneath the waves i thought you were gonna say something because, like because it. the the king of atlantis the queen of atlantis is poisoned she's on her deathbed mm. and the people of atlantis heard that doolittle saved the queen of england <laughs> so they <laughs> they kidnap him with a whale and bring him underwater i thought you were gonna say that the boat was actually like a shipwrecked down and was actually made of metal and then they go into the boat 
and then they go like i don't know like fifty thousand leagues leagues yeah that could work too <laughs> because that's like the start of that book <laughs> what you just explained yeah. is they're hunting a whale and then right, right it turns right. out to be a metal boat <laughs> that's that could work too you could play around with that that'd be kind of fun but I was thinking somehow incorporating Atlantis because it's sort of, you know, do a little adventure. You already have a magic tree and everything. So you just kind of keep that going with hidden kingdom, underwater kingdom. Space is also easy. Uh, they're exploring. Again, they're voyaging and they stumble across like a vaguely African place. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's this gate <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that gets activated and they walk through it and they, they now have traveled across the stars. Oh, okay. Through this gate. Oh, all the stars look different. I don't recognize these constellations. Yeah, and James Spader's in it. Oh, cool. He's kind of like a, a nerdy koala. Oh, a koala. <laughs> yeah. There's not enough marsupials. That's fair. There's not a single marsupial. Me, the sugar glider. Are sugar not... gliders marsupials? I don't think so. Well, yes, they are, aren't they? <laughs> yes, they are. I believe we covered this in our marsupial. <laughs> are they marsupials? I believe that in our marsupial oh, uh, notes, I got into this. If you had been paying attention then. I wasn't paying attention then. I might be making that up, actually. I don't feel like I'm about they are. to be the one who looks silly here, aren't I? It's a, it's a possum. Oh, it's a possum? It's a gliding possum. That makes it a... Then, then it's probably a Yeah, marsupial. it's a marsupial. Okay. It is. Well, good work. Okay, well... <laughs> Which is why the pocket... Yeah, because I remember... Yeah, 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 yeah. The pot... Oh, right. oh, that's weird that Doolittle puts the marsupial in his pocket. And yeah. It's, that's why it's a baby is because... Yeah. Isn't it weird that that's probably like a fully adult... Sugar glider. Sugar glider, and it's voiced by a child. Well, we can probably look at average size of adult sugar gliders and know whether or not mimi is an adult sugar glider well i mean because it's the size of his hand right right but when sugar gliders are put into like their mother's pouches they're like barely alive i'm assuming because that's what marsupials do Mm -hmm. it's just that it likes um yeah i thought i would be able to really quickly find a size here (laughs) Of a sugar glider. Here we go. The length from the nose to the tip of its tail is 9 to 12 inches. Okay. 12 so, inches? That seems big. Yeah, so maybe it is a... I don't know what Mimi is. That's bigger than your palm, though. Right? Yeah, but if you stretched out the tail of it... Oh, yeah. Then, yeah, it's probably It's probably an adult. an adult. So it is an adult sugar glider, probably. That has a little child Anyways, voice. All of this is like... And I was speaks just, in fragmented English. I was just making a Stargate joke. Yeah, sorry. Because all of our all of our ideas are just copying other movies. <laughs> <laughs> we, we go 50,000 leagues under the sea with Doolittle. We go Stargate and we Fantastic Voyage. The time travel has already been done. Yeah, because that's, Cause the, that's plot what, the plot movie. of this yeah. one. You have all the animals from the future yeah so time traveling time travel is present in this movie it already. is yeah so the doolittle universe starts at one of the extremes already right well time no travel. the extreme is the sequel in that uh eddie murphy is brought back in time to help out right or they go forward in time and, yeah eddie murphy 
Yeah, because Eddie Murphy has been sending these animals back in time to contact his lineage, <laughs> which is a Welshman in the <laughs> 1800s, which is, you know, it's a little suspicious. Um, is that all of them? What was the other extreme? Miniature. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, digital. I guess we I didn't think. really do... Did, we didn't really do miniature. That's fantastic. Well, like, what are we... Because we did it with Fast and Furious. We did do we it with Fast and Furious. We did do it with Doolittle. How would you take a Doolittle sequel and go to the miniature extreme? Um, You could do, like, a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids type situation. Okay, go on. Where there's, like, some amulet that they find somewhere okay and it accidentally shrinks them it sends them to a different world right and then this world that they're in is actually in the in the doolittle mansion it's just like oh okay so it's like you're talking like a mar a galaxy inside a marble yeah yeah yeah. or it's like a there's like a miniature in in the doolittle house there's like a a snow globe-esque thing didn't they do something like this with Spy Kids? I think so. I think this is Spy Kids. <laughs> Which, that, that the connection works, because we've got the cinematographer from Spy Kids. So oh, let's just gosh. You know what? This movie would be better if it was written by kids and directed by Robert Rodriguez. Absolutely, like, it would be. Like, 100% absolutely certain of it. Yeah, Especially now, because he's only kind of made good movies for a little bit. But to be fair... I haven't watched Spy Kids in a really long time. Oh, it's probably twenty years. It's what you would expect a movie written by kids. Like it kind of it low key rules, but it's also like really bad. I don't right. know, and it hasn't aged well at all. But also, that's like part of its charm. Okay, because it's fully, especially like the later ones, because it's like fully devoted to that craziness. I don't know if uh, his kids wrote Spy Kids. I know they did uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Or... Yeah, I remember that from Shark Boy and Lava Girl, but I'm not sure about and the like, Spy Kids. That movie has aged poorly, but it's also aged really well, if that makes any sense. <laughs> Where it's still a bad movie, but at least like because it's 100% committed to what it's doing, it all looks the same at the very least. Going off of that, you do wonder if Doolittle had been 100% committed to what it was doing from the start. If it would be better. I mean, also worse, but better. Yeah, I mean... I'm talking about the Gagan cut. I would like to see the Gagan cut. I just want to see how serious it is. I want to see how many animals are in it. Because it could be really funny when there's like two animals in the whole movie. Which is kind of what I'm expecting from everything I've heard. Is that there's like three main animals. (laughs) We got to come up with a slogan for that. To get the Gagan cut. Do the Gagan cut. So what do you think of Doolittle today? Because we're kind of like fried at the moment. We are fried at the moment. Um, I had a lot of fun today. I enjoyed it. I recommend the French. Yeah, the French version was really good. And I think part of that is just because it's so surprising how the audio is good. Well, it's so surprising how bad the English audio is. And like, yeah, especially Sp- after watching both of the Spanish and the French. The Spanish audio was better, but they did this weird thing where it was better because it was, um, I think you said consistent. Yeah. It and was, that's 
100% true. Like the, but then the inconsistencies came, like they didn't mix the background noises, like the movie noises As well. into it. Well, yeah. whereas this, like, it sounds like they had a whole team mixing the audio again. And that's why it sounded so good. And it's just wild to me, like how bad the English one sounds like in comparison. You would think that after spending all this money on a movie that's primarily voice acting that you would emphasize the sound mixing because that is like the most important part of the movie. Anyway, I enjoyed it. I recommend the French. I'm looking forward to the Japanese. Uh, Yeah, I also enjoyed it. I recommend the French. Uh, What have you been up to this week? I watched uh, Porco Rosso. Oh, that's that's probably one of my favorite Ghibli movies. See, I also say Ghibli. Is it Ghibli? The the English say Ghibli. Ghibli. Ghibli, which is no. I have no idea. I could be Americans wrong. we say Ghibli. Yeah. And we're we're right. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. So how'd you like it? It was a lot of fun. I really liked it. Thinking about movies made for kids, right? Right. Because, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know that it really is, but it's... I, I would say it is. Made for kids. Yeah. It, it's a very kid-friendly movie. But it's also, there's such a depth to it. Right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't take... The thing that I appreciate so much about Ghibli movies is that they don't short kids yeah. for being kids. You know what I mean? They don't make it stupid. Well... Like, you look at all of these movies made for kids like Doolittle, and it's just, it's awful. I think part of that is like we should, like what makes uh, Porco Rosso like a kids movie, and it's like it's a heartwarming adventure. All the characters, for the most part, are wholesome. Yeah, <laughs> like the 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 main character is a pig. Yeah, flying the, a plane, and flying a water biplane. He's a gentleman pig, and even like the main villain isn't really evil. Well, I mean, the main main villain, the overarching villain. It's like fascist Italy. You're right, but like, but the the one that's up against him, yeah, he, directly, he the is, American pilot. Yeah, he is also not really a villain. None of the pirates are villains. Like, yeah, yeah. like it, it's just like everyone's like kind of a good person except for the fascist Italy. Yeah, <laughs> like which is in the background and it's ominous, and and like I feel like that's what makes it work so well is like. All the elements of the kids, like, it doesn't try to be dumb. Like, it doesn't make dumb jokes because that's not really what makes a movie a kid's movie. It's, like, everything else around it. Not to say that, like, movies with fart jokes are inherently bad, but... They just... The Ghibli movies treat kids with an air of respect. My Neighbor Totoro is a better example of that, where it's, like... A pretty complex movie. Yeah, it and really it's, is. And it's pretty sad, but it does such a good job of, like, portraying kids. Like, you can relate to it in a way. And then it's really fun and weird. And fun to look at. But, yeah, Porco Rosso is one of my favorites. I love how he's just a pig and everyone accepts that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Better to be a pig than a fascist. Did you watch uh, which voice? I watched with English dub. The English dub is really good, too. Yeah. For The Ghibli movies all have pretty good dubs so that's why i didn't feel bad about doing it usually i do try to go for the subs yeah it's pretty good uh i watched a bunch of movies uh so my arm is messed up i try to talk to a cat and it turns out i'm not too little (laughs) 
<laughs> and yeah, I, I've just been watching movies this week. So uh, I watched Hard Boiled. Okay, John Woo. Of like his 90s uh, gunfu movies, that's the most badass, but it's probably not the best one. It's one of my favorite ones. He holds the final third of the movie, he has a baby, and that's right. really, really yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also it starts off with like a really intense gunfight. Uh, I also watched Strange Days, I think it's called. It's a Catherine Bigelow movie. It's also in the 90s. That one's a harder recommend. <laughs> so like the plot, like you, you're recommending it more, or it's harder to recommend. It's harder to recommend okay, okay. because there's a certain scene that is probably the most uncomfortable scene, I like terrifying scene I've seen in the movie. Interesting. So the gimmick is that it's like cyberpunk in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like this thing that you can wear that lets you live experiences POV. So, like, you feel everything that's happening in, like, VR, right? Okay. Like those new video games that are coming out now? Right. VR? No. <laughs> it's not It's not like VR. It's like you actually experience everything. Okay, okay, so, okay, you okay. feel what the person's feeling. And it, it, like, opens up with, like, a heist. It's POV shot, and it's a heist of, like, a guy robbing a store. And it ends with him, like, dying. And it's, like, pretty shocking. But it takes that to the extremes, and it's... There's a super like disgusting scene that that yeah. isn't that isn't very great, but it's horrifying in a in a way. And yeah, it's a pretty good movie, but it's a hard recommend because it's really like scuzzy and gross. Okay, fair enough. Uh, what else? I watched so many movies, but those were probably the standout ones. Yeah, and that's pretty much all I've been up to. All right. Well, I think that pretty much does it for our very jumpy episode yeah <laughs> this one was tough i bet next week will be tougher <laughs> i i should say i was thinking more about recommending how i recommended it today how i said i enjoyed it and i sort of enjoyed it because it was fun to listen to the french but i also only really liked the reveal of each character yeah and then sort of tuned out <laughs> Until it was like waiting for the next person to come on. This is something we should definitely talk about because you don't realize how well you can watch a movie and just glaze it all over (laughs) until you watch a movie 17 times. Yeah. Like it's insane. Like how we can be actively awake and not on our phones watching this movie and just not remember any of it. (laughs) Just let it pass right through. Yeah, because yeah. that definitely is going to happen more and more as it comes up. Like having having this, the experience of having the the different um, dubs. Yeah, it it does make me pay more attention at certain moments because I'm excited for like we're excited to hear James. Exactly, we're excited to and see then all they... of a sudden it's like, whoa, James is good. Yeah, and then it's like, and I was you, too. You pay more attention i was tuned in for all the james scenes and then when he was gone i'm like well this sucks and when he came back in the dragon moment i was like oh yes james is back <laughs> he's back what a difference that's so funny <laughs> oh my god we're only a fourth or a third of the way through we're the year a third of the way through the slightly below a third of the way through the year this is our last viewing in april it's our first episode to come out in may 17 weeks i mean four months done i would take a third of a million dollars so a third's pretty large you know that's yeah that's a good point <laughs> it's like we have three hundred thirty-three thousand 
dollars. Yeah. And 33 cents. Right. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. I can't really complain about that. No. And, and just think how much better it'll be when we have six, 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 six. Right. In <laughs> four months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good okay. way to frame it. I like that. So we're, we're building up to having a million dollars. Yes. By the, by end, the end of, of this, this, we will have, have a million, million dollars. dollars. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> no matter how many people we have to take down <laughs> to get it. <laughs> all right nice nice um well my name's finn and i'm frank and, and i'm out of here and we know where we can find us it's <laughs> and we know where we can find us it's and you should know too you it's anywhere too. you can find a podcast you and can if, find if us. there's somewhere you can't find a podcast that you want to just let us know how do you let us know you shoot us an email to dr.viewlittle that's drviewlittle at gmail.com well uh, my name is again Finn, and um, we have much less important places to be. <laughs> Far much, yeah. That's good. That's good. I know. I had other plans too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bye bye.